Good evening. It is absolutely wonderful to be with you all tonight. Uh, you uh, don't maybe know this, but I want to express this to you. But you as a congregation are in my prayers weekly. Um, you guys uh, support us and the work that we do at Nicholasville. And I can't help but say thank you for that. And want to express that tonight before I get started into my lesson that I want to talk about tonight. Because it's, it's just been a blessing. You all don't realize it. Um, you know, I don't want to get too far off from the lesson. But so you know a little bit about me, depending on uh, if you've seen all the report. And when I, I wrote to you all about support, uh, I did not start preaching full time until last October. Uh, I had been in secular work most of my life, all my life really, and, uh, and started working with Lake Street full time. So you all are endeavoring with me in that new work and I just can't say thank you enough. But also, it's just kind of interesting the way the Lord provides and it's a, very, a great comfort you all are because we were uh, living in Nicholasville and it had been uh, six or seven months and we were starting to look because we wanted to buy but you all know probably how the housing market is right now so we were still renting. And we found a house to rent, and we wanted to go for it. And the same day that we looked at it was the same day that you all reached out to me, and the difference in the amount of rent is what you all support us. So it was just a blessing to be able to move into that uh, other house for a little bit longer term that accommodates our family better and accommodates hosting and, and doing things that we feel are important as members and Christians, uh, not the preaching family, but as, as members, as we're supposed to be also. Uh, to, to work and labor with and, and just so you guys know how much you guys are a part of that work and thank you But tonight I want to get down to hand of the ideal and the thought of a familiar story to us in the Bible And that's that of the 12 spies of Israel You know in numbers 13 1 and 2 it says then the Lord spoke to Moses saying send out your men Yourself men so that you may spy out the land of Canaan Which I'm going to give to the sons of Israel you shall send a man from each of their father's tribes, every one of you a leader among them. And then you go on down and we see how long that, that task was going to be. So when they went up, starting in verse 21, they spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob to Labahamath. Then they had gone up to the Negev. Then they came to Hebron, to Ahimon, Shisha, and Talma, and the descendants of Anak were there. Now Hebron was built seven years before that. Then they came to the valley of Eshkol, and there they cut down a bunch of, um, down a branch with a single cluster of grape on it, and they carried it out on a pole between two men with some of the pomegranates and the figs. That place was called the valley of Eshkol because the cluster which the sons of Israel cut down from there when they returned from spying out the land at that end of 40 days. So we have this scene set up of the the children of Israel sending out these spies into the land and bringing back both good and bad news. You know, first, in Numbers 13, 27, they talked to it as a, a land of milk and honey. And there's evidence of the fruit because they hang the cluster of grapes from a pole between the two of them as they carry them back. But then they also bring back the news that it's a land occupied by strong people and giants. Okay, so this gives them fear. But one of the spies, Caleb sought to reassure the people. And you see this in verse 30 of chapter 13. It says, Then Caleb quieted the people. And I kind of envisioned him standing up before the people and putting his hands and kind of trying to, trying to chill them out a little bit and say, Hey, hey, just, just settle down a little bit. 
He quieted them for four Moses, and he said, We should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. Yet ten of the spies were overwhelmed with their bad report, we read of in Numbers 13, 31, all the way through chapter 14 and verse 4. But only Joshua and Caleb had the confidence that was needed in the Lord to go and take this land. In Numbers 14, 6 through 9, it says there, And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, uh, um, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, The land which we have passed through to spy out, it is exceedingly good. If the Lord delights in us, He will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. But again, the people heeded the bad report resulting in God's condemnation of them. And they were going to spend 40 years in the wilderness wandering. And we see that account in Numbers 14, 29 through 34. We also know that the other 10 spies died in the land by plague before the Lord because of their lack of faith in him in Numbers 14, 36. So only Joshua and Caleb were spared. Numbers 14, 38 says, And of those men who went out to spy the land, only Joshua and Caleb remained alive. Only those two men out of these, these 12. Well, when we think about this, we also want to think about why the Lord spared these people. And this is where we get to the title of our lesson tonight. Numbers 14 and verse 24. There it says, But my servant Caleb, because he has had a different spirit, and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. The Lord spared Caleb because he says he followed him fully. And that's what I want to think about tonight. Would that be what's said of us? And I want to think about how we do that, and how we accomplish it, and how we look at examples in the pages of Scripture that will encourage us to be like Caleb. Well, a few other places in the Word. Deuteronomy 136 says, Except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it, and to him and his children I will give the land on which he has trodden, because he has wholly followed the Lord. A third spot in Joshua 14, 18, and 9, it says, But my brother who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land of which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Therefore Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb to this day, because they wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. What a wonderful thing to have said about Caleb. And wouldn't that be what we'd want to have emulated uh, of us? Think of people that would know you, and for them to say, X... He wholly followed the Lord, or X, she wholly followed the Lord. And that's what we need to work towards. As we think about this, though, how do we do that? You know, what is it to follow the Lord fully? You know, such with the case of Caleb, it was he followed the Lord in the wilderness. He didn't lose sight. He also followed the Lord in the Canaan for 45 years later in Joshua 14, 8 through 10. He always did what the Lord wanted him to do. Yet we have other accounts in Scripture where there are some that didn't. You know, think about Lot's wife. She turned back. She didn't follow what the word of the Lord was fully. 
You know, the Galatians are referenced to being said they were easily bewitched in Galatians 3 verse 1. So as we think about these things, we need to follow fully. So what of us today? How do we do that? Well, 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. We need to follow in our youth. I still consider myself young. I, I, I like to think I'm a big kid. But in our youth, we need to set forth this in our example of speech and conduct and love and faith and purity. Think about Caleb to stand up before the crowd of Israel and say, quiet down, listen, we can do this if the Lord says. There may be sometimes we as youth have to stand up amongst our number and say, hold on, we can do this as a church. This isn't too big of a burden. This isn't too big of a, a problem. If we'll lean on the Lord, we can do this. Well, on the opposite side, Psalms 92, 12 through 15 says, The righteous flourish like the palm tree, and they grow like the cedar of Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord, and they flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green, to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. We have two swings of the pendulum there. In our youth, we're to be an example and follow the Lord. In our old age, we're to be an example and follow the Lord. We're to bear fruit in our old age. We're to look full of sap and green and be upright to the Lord. So these things, in all ways... Caleb was this way. Well, to follow Jesus with all our heart. Caleb followed him wholly, it says. You know, with his whole heart, or the ideal of his whole being, is what we're thinking about there. And as we look at that, we, we can think about Matthew 22, 36 through 38. And, and Caleb could be a picture of this when you think about his actions in taking the land for the Lord as was commanded him in Joshua. It says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophet. That was Caleb. He loved the Lord. He was willing to do what was told him to do by the Lord and go and do that. And he loved his neighbors enough to stand up before the other children of Israel and say, hey, we need to do this, even though they didn't listen. But then we have the example in the scriptures of others that sadly try to serve two, two sides of the coin. They try to serve the Lord with a divided heart. You know, think about what's said of Solomon, who was influenced by his foreign wives in 1 Kings 11.4. And you have those like James... In the epistle of James, they are saying they are seeking to be friends with the world, James 4.4. We have to be wholly committed. We have to grab onto this and hold onto this for everything we're worth. Um, I, I think it, it made me think of uh, when I was a kid trying to learn to ski. Um, I, I never did get up on skis in the water, but man, I held onto that rope like you thought I'd magically finally be on my feet, but I didn't let go of that rope. You know, it's that kind of a picture. It's someone you see them getting drugged through the water, holding on for everything they're worth. 
Well, that should be us with the Lord. We should have a grasp on him in such a way that we don't want to be friends with the world. We should follow him with all our hearts, John 14 and 15. And we need to follow him with our undivided affection. You know, oftentimes we get caught up in things that are going on. The busyness of the world and the busyness of the family. And the family is good. So again, good things, don't, there's good things, but we still can't let our holding on to the Lord slip. Undivided affection. Because if we hold on to him for everything, it will affect all those other things that we do for the right way. So let us wholly serve the Lord with all our hearts. Well, there could be hazards that come along with wholly following the Lord. You know, think about Caleb. He had to go into the land and spy it out. He had to go amongst the giants, Numbers 13, 13. You know, he was willing to face the wrath of his brethren to stand up before the other children of Israel. And that oftentimes is a, a feat in itself because it's sometimes tough to stand amongst your, your own people and say what you need to say to encourage them in the Lord. But Caleb was willing to do that. And then at his old age of 85, he was willing to go take the mountain from the giants. There were hazards that Caleb had to face to wholly serve the Lord. But with that, he was willing to. He didn't think twice about it. And because of that, he and Joshua are the two that went in and served the Lord in the promised land. Well, many who serve the Lord, they do it when it's convenient only. Think about the crowds that followed Jesus. You know, they, they followed him for food and they followed him for healing. But when the rubber finally met the road and they were called to be disciples, they dispersed. Well, when the rich young ruler was told to get rid of everything he had, he went away sad. We have to follow Jesus in hard times too. And there's been some of those these past couple years. But we have to hold on to Jesus. You know, shall we follow him even when we get ridiculed and persecuted? You know, it's, it's told us in the scriptures that we will be. Matthew 5, 12 through 12, or Matthew 5, 10 through 12 says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you. When they persecute you, when they utter all kinds of evil things against you, when they uh, do that falsely on my account, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We need to hold on and think like Caleb and be ready for these times to come because they will. When we look different, when we look like servants of God, we will face ridicule. Well, Caleb also, he followed the Lord fully because he kept his eye on the Lord. You know, back when I was in high school, actually before high school, in junior high I, and even middle school, I lived in a little town called Austin in Indiana. And this was a little town where the whole yearbook from kindergarten to 12th grade was still put in the same book type of a town, okay? So that tells you it was a small town. Uh, it's also, if you think about the movie Hoosiers, Indiana really is known for its basketball and their thought process of basketball. They weren't huge into football. So I grew up in a town where I'd never watched a football game before. 
I was in eighth grade, and I'd never seen a football game on TV before. That goes to show you the little town of Austin I was in. But in eighth grade, my friends talked me into playing football. So I actually played practice and played my first game of football before I'd ever seen a football game. And I think back to the way the coach told me how to play football. He said, you know anything about football? I said, no. He said, well, here's what you have to know. When the ball on the ground moves, whoever gets it, go hit them. And he put me on defense. That's how I learned football. Well, I'm telling you right now, that's, that's the short of the gospel. You find where the word is and you go to it. There's nothing else to do. You wholeheartedly go after wherever the truth is. And if you do that, you'll be like Caleb. He was confident he could take the land because the only thing he was looking at was the Lord. We have to be that way. We have to be a people of that. We have to know that trials may come and it may not be easy, but heaven will be worth it. Even if this life is rough, it's not about here. Well, he also knew the Lord would be with him. You know, in Numbers 14, 6 through 9, that's how he tells them he can keep his eyes on the Lord because he knows the Lord will be with us. Thus his eye was on the Lord. You know, in Hebrews 12, 1 through 4, it says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so close to us and let us run with evident endurance the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before us, I'm sorry, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Do not grow weary. Consider him who endured from the sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted in your struggle against sin. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. You know, we, to hold on to him, to keep our eye on him, we have to hold on to the author and finisher of our faith, Jesus. The one that died for us on the cross. The only one that could take the penalty of sin away for us. And we have to find him wherever we're at. And you know what? We get off the track sometimes. We get off on a side road that we shouldn't. Or we get on a detour and a tangent. But, you know, if the Lord is in front of me and, and he's in that back door back there and I'm going straight towards him, if I've went this way, I've went the long way. Go to the Lord. But, you know, there may be obstacles. It might be that everybody was going for that way too, which would be a wonderful thing. But, but whatever hill, whatever valley, whatever thing is in front of me, I'm going solely and wholly to get to the Lord, keeping my eye on him a lot like I did back playing football, finding that ball. Well, Caleb was said to have a different kind of spirit. As we think about Caleb here, you know, in Numbers 14, 24, it says again, But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit, has followed me fully. Yeah. Being called different usually doesn't carry a good sense to it. But Caleb was called different here. You know, we might be different in the workplace. We might be different in school, where we're at. We might be different around part of our family, but they may not practice and profess to know the Lord either. We may have to be different, and you know what? That's okay. 
If the Lord could make a statement like this about you and insert your name here, then be okay with being different. Because Caleb was. It's okay to be different if we're serving the Lord because we won't be like the world. And that may mean that we're not like family or co-workers or friends and even sometimes spouses. We might be different. But we have to hang on to Jesus just as Caleb hung on to the Lord and what he had said. You know, in Numbers 13, 31, the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against these people for they're stronger than we are. But Caleb didn't believe that. He saw what could be done by following the Lord. Well, what motivates us to do that? What, what causes us to want to follow the Lord fully? Well, in this, consider what, how Caleb's life was useful to the Lord. You know, he was a leader after they went into the, into the promised land for the, the children of Israel. Uh, he was a servant of God first to spy out the land, then to divide it in Numbers 14. You know, a fully following the Lord life is going to be a useful life. You know, when you feel sometimes that you're not being productive or kind of despairing a little bit, look at yourself and see, are you working for the Lord? Because it's amazing how you'll forget that feeling some if you get busy doing something for the Lord, which usually means doing something for someone else. Because you get busy and you forget this. Caleb served the Lord dedicatedly through this time. Well, as a reminder of how useful in this life will be to us, you know, we're to think about Caleb and Joshua and men like that. You know, it will be an inspiration for us. You know, as we sometimes get tired of life and you kind of get tired of the dredge of life and it just seems like it's always just going on, we have to keep going. We have those examples. And Caleb, even at 85, taking the mountain. You know, they were tired sometimes. But they kept serving the Lord fully. Well, we have to do that. We have to be busy and useful for the Lord always. You know, it's going to lead us to a fulfilling life. Like I said, if you sometimes wonder why life may feel a little down or you're, you're not quite, quite feeling right, if you look around, you may not be busy doing something for the Lord. Well, if you get busy, you'll, you'll feel that fulfillment because working for someone often makes you feel well about yourself. You know, because of that, the fulfilled life that Caleb had was that he was one of two that were blessed to enter the promised land that were over the age that the Lord had described. Well, if we will be faithful like that, we will enter heaven. Just like Caleb had the promise of the, the promised land, we will have the promise of heaven. He received the land around Hebron as an inheritance. You know, we're told if we're faithful and we work for the Lord, we'll have heaven as our home. You know, one that experiences this type of lifestyle will, will feel fulfilled. And it says in Ephesians 3.19, And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Life won't feel empty if you, if you do these things. 
you know, in, in Philippians 4, 7, it says, The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, if we're busy trying to serve the Lord fully like Caleb did, our life will fly by. Uh, it will just go, and you won't realize, and you'll look back, and you'll go, where has it went? And it, and it will have been a, a pleasure doing it. You won't feel the drudgery of life getting you down because you're going to be doing something for a purpose. You're going to be working for the Master. You're going to be serving the Lord in a way that you will have heaven as a home someday. Well, if we keep our eye on Jesus, we can make it. And that's not to say life isn't hard. You know, we're given one another to be an encouragement to one another. We're given one another to be a strengthening to one another. Because we're all in the same fight. We're all in the same battle. And that's against sin. Because we're all fleshly. We're all image bearers of God that have fallen short of His want for us because we've all sinned. But we're striving day after day to serve Him. Stepping forward day after day. Pressing towards that goal. You know, and the ideal of pressing is not losing any ground. We have to be pressing towards the Lord, always moving forward, not going back in. Well, I think Caleb and Joshua are good examples of people that pressed for us. Don't forget Caleb and Joshua. When you look at it, uh, I got this figure uh, here. There were only two out of 603,550 men who survived the 40 years in the wilderness. It's a pretty big number when you think about who they had to stand out against and the ones that had to age um, and, and pass on before they could take the land. And the reason they were the two is because they believed in what the Lord had said. And they trusted in Him fully. Going back to that first statement, that... that uh, saying that we would want to be able to insert ourselves into is he wholly followed the Lord of Israel. Well, this week's challenge I'd like to give to you guys is to follow Jesus all the days of your life like Caleb did. Without worry of hazard, without worry of peril, without taking your eye off the ball, get up with the mindset of following Jesus every single day. And I'll tell you, I stumble on that sometimes. I don't mean to, but we all do. We try to live life in such a way that we follow Him, but sometimes I'll get up and I'll forget to do something. Or I won't start off with a prayer like I think I should in the morning. And everybody's routine may be different for themselves, so I'm not saying I've got it figured out in the perfect formula. But, but we have to let the example of Caleb fully following the Lord in these things be an example to us to every day purpose ourselves to follow Jesus. And not only in our purpose and choosing to, but then in all our hearts, you know, that whole being of us. We have to daily follow Him. And then we have to realize that there could be hazards. And this week when the hazard may come up and you may have persecution from a coworker, or you just don't know, should I mention this to them or should I tell them about the, the love of God? Step through that door and tell them. Speak to them. Stand up like Caleb did before the children of Israel and say, Listen, 
If you'll do what the Lord God of heaven has said in the pages of his word, you too can have a full life for the Lord. And teach them and help them. And let Caleb be on your minds this week. Well, as we kind of finish up here, we always have an invitation song that we like to encourage people as they do. I stayed away from the 45-minute mark, so I'm safe from the trap door, as it was mentioned up here. So we are good. Um, I will make it to be able to come back in September and not be gone through the door. Um, but, you know, we struggle. We're in a war. Friday night to, to several kids at a class we were talking about, we were talking about how we have the armor of God given to us because we are at war with sp spiritual forces that are sinful and wrong. And they want us to fail. And it's hard sometimes. And we need to realize that this is the chance for us to say we need the prayers of one another in some way. This isn't the chance for us to go, oh, you don't, you don't want to be thought that you can't do it or this. This is the chance to rely on your brothers and sisters and let them know there's a problem. If it needs to be said so in that way and you feel it's appropriate. Or it may be the fact that you've never named the Lord as your Savior, your Redeemer, the Christ. And you need to put Him on through baptism. And you need to have confessed Him. And you need to change your ways. And you need to live faithful and know that there's others here that are trying to live faithful with you. Or you could have just erred in some way. And you want to make it known. You know, I uh, was talking to a couple young fellows earlier in the week. And, and by no means do I tell you this to want to provoke someone tonight to come forward. But we were talking about, and it was neat because they were considerably younger than me, but we were talking about how none of us could remember the last time they saw someone go forward. And we were discussing, is it the fact that we've got it all figured out then? And I'd like to say I don't think that's it. Or is it the fact that we aren't as close as we should be to one another because we don't rely on everyone else and convict their prayers and, and want to be known because we don't want to look like we've not got it all together. So I just, I say that to help provoke maybe thought that if we're going to live that life like Caleb did, despite the hazards, despite the, the, the persecution from the other children of Israel and, and losing focus like he did not, he, he kept his focus. Maybe we need to think about that as well. And tonight, in some way, if any of those three situations fit, come forward. Let it be known from the group here that you need pray, prayers or that you want to put on Jesus. And, uh, and that's the invitation tonight. So please stand as we sing.